Welcome back to another episode of It's Actually Good. Yes, we are still making episodes. I can't believe it. This is a podcast about 10 team, one ring, and some extremely powerful brains. I am your host, Alex Goldberg, alongside my esteemed colleague, wife guy, Will, otherwise known as the Vizier, and our engineer and co-host, Nick, aka Neck Moron. Fellas, how are we doing? Let's get right into life around the league. First of all, I'd like everybody to notice that this no longer sounds as if it is coming through, and I quote, a car muffler. That's true. I've been successfully shamed into finding the microphone I already owned. <laughs> but uh, Alex, would you give our, our disclaimer up top? Oh, yes, of course. Thank you so much for reminding me. Well, once again, if you are not a member of the Fantasy Football League, which this 10 person pod- fantasy league, 10 person league, which this fantasy football podcast ostensibly covers or uh, happen to be a poor soul that is in a relationship with one of these people, must ask you at this time to turn off whatever device you're using and preferably go for a long walk. You really shouldn't be here. It's a huge mistake. We've warned you now. That's all I've got for that. But then at the same time, it is actually good, isn't it? Oh, it's it's actually good. It is actually good. Okay. So um, let's get into life around the league. We're, as we said before, you know, this is ostensibly a fantasy football podcast. And we're not very good at analyzing football, but I think we, we are pretty good at just talking about our lives and giving each other shit. So uh, fellas, what's going on? Well, as I let you guys in on earlier today, I had another episode in my adventures of eating Brooklyn pizza. I've been touring the borough, eating different slices and taking photos. And today's venture, we went to FNF Pizzeria, and that was quite solid. I would give the what are the F stands for? Frank and Firenze, two founders. Mm-hmm. I would give the crust a five out of five on the star scale. Sauce, solid, but not necessarily a lead player, more of a support role with three and a half stars. And the cheese itself, nicely caramelized, good flavor, good pull. You got some Maillard four going and on. Half. Oh, absolutely. Some Maillard reaction. The other day, I was actually getting a slice and I went into the park and this guy park sat slice. down across from me. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that I I like about New York is that you can go to a slice joint and just pick up a piece of pizza and walk to a public space, sit down on a bench and have a quick lunch. But this guy happened to be doing the same thing and he engaged me in conversation. And it was pretty interesting. We were talking about his life. He moved from Bend, Oregon, back to New York recently. And he lived here previously. And he kept trying to describe this Kevin Costner movie to me by mentioning other Kevin Costner movies, but he couldn't give context on what the movies really were about. He would just say his personal reaction to it. You know, the one, the one I didn't really give a chance. Or how about <laughs> the one, the one that I did, the, I, that one I did give a chance, but. He was basically describing his own personal interior monologue. So that was that one was three days details. to kill. <laughs> it's true. The other yeah, one was JFK. <laughs> See, you guys are obviously better equipped. I did just start naming films just to get out of the interaction. Just any uh, film? Like, <laughs> were, they, were they Kevin Costner movies? 
Yeah, they were cost. I was started with Dances with Wolves. It wasn't that one. Ultimately, it ended up being Mr. Brooks. What? <laughs> Mr. Brooks. Some people think a good movie. That's a movie where he teaches his daughter how to be a serial killer, I believe. Cool. That's correct. But I got to say, this guy, he didn't really give it a chance. He should have given it a chance. I actually was uh, made to watch part of that at film school. Wow. It was, no kidding. It considered a good enough film that I, in my writing for genre class, I took over the summer, watched a small portion of it. And look at me now. I'm a podcaster for four people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you've deployed knowledge. Yes. Well, uh, Nick, I'm glad you let off with that story. That's going to be tied into something we do a little bit later in the podcast film stuff. Will, what's going Wait, on? I just have one, one further question. Oh, okay. What is the leading pizza in the clubhouse as of now? My top slice is currently Sal's in Carroll Gardens. And that's because of the cheese. I'm really a sucker for a quality cheese slice. And this place has superior cheese. It's been open since 1955 and it's there for a reason. The cheese has been aged since 1955. Mm. Shout out to Sal's, now the official pizza representative of it's actually good. Well, I, um, I've had a little bit of a quiet week working nine to five recently made a uh, purchase of golf clubs at my first meeting meeting that's what you call it when you play yes. golf right a meeting many many um, are saying this yes um i actually have a lesson tomorrow and uh they are going to try to fix my swing because i haven't played since high school well really um, on a consistent basis well can i ask you uh who are you trying to emulate in your swing like structure and habits going forward what golfer do you want to channel out there so the idea is you want to keep it on one plane and you want to have it be a smooth athletic motion so uh, really it depends on your own biomechanics a lot some people who have swings that people try to emulate a lot fred couples victor hovland is one of the new guys is a very smooth swing however it's really going to depend like i've got slightly shorter arms it, it's going to depend on just how i can get the the face to the ball square and in a consistent manner so i might not have the same range of motion as an elite athlete but it's all about repeatable motion this is good content right people well love just I, I do have one more quick follow-up i guess mm -hmm. i probably should have expanded the question which is what golfer are you trying to emulate in terms of your lifestyle choices oh that would be tiger woods <laughs> okay thank you very much for that yes. appreciate it um i'm trying to <laughs> you're toxic <laughs> yeah i'm i'm trying to have some pregnancy scares with cocktail waitresses all right That's... uh if you're listening to this please don't listen to this Parody, not actionable. Yes. It's, <laughs> legally, I'm allowed to say it. Mm. But it, it, it's a good time for golf. We just had the Ryder Cup, a win there. I watched pretty much every moment of that, fucking up my sleep schedule super bad, waking up at 6 a.m. to watch golf. That, is, that is a read, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Giving up the body. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, they've, they've paired Patrick Cantley with Xander Shoffley. This is going to be fucking sick. <laughs> like, Sickeningly rider pilled. Yeah. No, I was, and I was like trying to get you guys to watch the Ryder Cup the whole time because, in my opinion, it is the greatest sporting event on earth. But whatever. Um, and then additionally, I'll just end it with uh, we watched uh, myself and my beautiful wife, Ari, who is in this league with us. 
We both watched Squid Game recently. Have any of you two, uh, two gotten a chance to check out the Korean drama, survival um, drama Squid Game? I have not, but I have a long weekend coming up, and my intent is to watch it then. It is a good show. I watched the promo for Squid Game, and it looked intriguing. Yes, it's very good. Body horror, themes of anxiety under capitalism, alienation from the body, precarity, things like that. I don't know if the body horror stuff necessarily comes through. They are not being turned into a squid, but uh, it's, it's Spoiler. I think, a, a, <laughs> if you like Battle Royale, there have been so many shows that and movies and, and media projects, uh, media products that uh, t- try to kind of ape Battle Royale. The Hunger um, Games. Yeah. Yes, ex- precisely. And uh, this is one... And it and then uh, there's a reason it's incredibly compelling as a as a concept, and this one does it in a slightly different way with really engaging characters and a story that is gonna it's gonna bridge bridge cultures. Battle Royale whips ass. What an incredible movie! It does. It, it does. All right. Well, thank you for that, Nick. Did you have something else you wanted to say? Patreon feed will have us doing movie reviews. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, our and food reviews. Patreon feed that costs more to <laughs> somehow they charge us $50 a month to have a Patreon. The cost right. of my time producing this podcast is already an enormous net loss. <laughs> yeah. And sanity. But it's undoubtedly. A net win, but it is ultimately a net win because it is actually good. It's actually good. <laughs> it's actually good. <laughs> Well, speaking of things that are actually good, I have to say, fellas, I'm coming off a pretty great week. Okay. So I've obviously got a win in the league, which is nice. Love that. I'm, I'm back to 500. Feeling okay. Elsewhere in my life, play. Hey, wait, just a quick, uh, just a quick update. What's everybody's record in the league? Two and two. You, oh, so two you're and two, two. two. Oh, and so you're two and two as well, Nick. Okay, that's crazy because I'm three and one. So right, you need to relax. Okay, I didn't know. Anyway, you're yet to get steamrolled by the coal train. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was having a good week until Will brought that up, but things have been pretty good. I played a show in DC with my band Divine Sweater. It felt like the first real show that we played in two years, and it was a real, real blast. A lot of people there. Uh, the act that we opened for the Crystal Casino Band was wonderful. Very nice folks. And they played a really good set as well. So I spent the weekend in D.C. That was awesome. I also got to take in the Red Sox mashing the Washington Nationals to secure their wild card berth, which, of course, they capitalized on by subsequently mashing the New York Yankees yesterday. Shout out to the Sox. Well done, fellas. Go um, Sox. Go Sox, kid. And then the other big thing that happened to me this week is the global supply chain finally came back in the form of my new car, which whips ass and is so much better than my old car. What I'm hearing is that your car had actually been on a ship from Taiwan for several months waiting in the Boston Harbor to be to be unloaded. That's potentially incredibly true. It's either that or that it was in a factory in Taiwan waiting for a single chip to be placed in it for months. Either way, the car is here. It's a Subaru Crosstrek Silver 2020 model. It is a spicy car, fellas. Really, really good. That sounds great. You send a picture of it. It looks extremely slick. I'm happy for you. 
It does look like an adult's car. Yes, it feels like an adult's car. I'm driving a child's car as of now. Hmm. A 2006 Nissan Altima with uh, just horrible sun damage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to see how it does in the Boston winter. That's the true test for any car. But Subarus are generally pretty good at that. So I think we'll be able to. Yeah, the the whole point of a Subaru is to be a New England mom. There you go. So there you go. Anyway, so yeah, that's life around the league. Sounds like that life was everybody's life. Around the league. Life around the league. And just one thing about your car. You think about the just-in-time supply chain. If you consider whatever time you actually do receive your good to be just in time, then the system works. Something for you to chew on. Right. It's this <laughs> this year has been a, a massive uh, validation. Well, of the capitalist paradigm, in my opinion, is that is that so? Uh, or just a lesson in lowering expectations, <laughs> maybe in all should, aspects of our lives. Maybe we should have uh, Mike Wealthy back on to talk about that weather capitalism. Well, yeah, he broke the strike that was keeping your car in the harbor. That's probably so. right. Yeah, uh, shout out, shout out to Mike Wealthy for uh, presumably breaking the Nabisco strike as well. And uh, the Kellogg strike that started today, I'm sure that's going to be done in no time. Uh, Shout out to you, Mike. He's Um, pulling levers (laughs) structurally. Good stuff. Anyway, uh, speaking of Mike Wealthy and the other people in this league, we should talk about football. And that means it's time for Nick to take the lead on this next segment. Nick, you want to take this away? Thank you so much. It's time for the injury report, which I would like to call I are you doing this? You guys like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I I think it's really good. Okay, I'm probably going to pipe in some laughter cuz I know exactly. it's you got. I wait, take it again. Hey, it's time for the injury report, which I'd like to call I are you doing this? Whew. That's a whew from me. Yeah. You get one. That's Is it funny. not clear? Should, do I have to say I no, I, I, so what's uh, so who got injured? <laughs> it's actually good. It's actually good, by the way. So Bengals running back Joe Mixon didn't practice Wednesday, and is your best friend. Week week. So Bengals running back Joe Mixon did not practice Wednesday, and is considered week to week or day to day, depending on how optimistic you want to be. Because head coach Zach Taylor said both things. On the other side of things, Bengals wide receiver T Higgins returned to practice today and is expected to play this weekend. Has anyone ever called him like T. He Higgins? Like in like an anime way? I thought you were going more of a Michael Jackson way. Wait, what do you mean by an anime way? Let's break this down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, anime girl laugh way, T. He. So you're under the impression the, the word, <laughs> the sound T. He is from anime. Nick, can I just come in with a follow-up question? Do you have some sort of background or research knowledge to support your conclusion that anime girls do the tee-hee laugh? Have you been, have you been thinking I about I would that? like to see your sources and understand where this is coming from and see if I can help. Look, I watched Sailor Moon as a boy. I don't recall it well, but I do believe at one point they did laugh. Pa- power... <laughs> Powerpuff Girls? Not anime. Not anime. Western animation. Well, excuse me. All right. Well, we're going to let 
Nick and his Crunchyroll subscription <laughs> just kind of <laughs> ease on by here without needing to worry about it. But I'm cutting this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting, that's, so that's two kind of interesting things happening for the Bengals. I know um, somebody signed Mike Perrine in our league, who is the backup, correct? Samaje Perrine. Samaje Perrine. Why did I think it was Mike Perrine? I think of Mike Pereira. <laughs> I, I believe it was Mike, Daniel. Yes, Daniel, uh, Daniel, whose name, full name I should probably not use. <laughs> um, I'm insisting on not using my own. Long bleep. Well, there's a there's I, I looked up Mike Perrine just to see if we had any idea who that was. And the first result that came up was Kenosha Harper sex offender. So that's <laughs> Kenosha, Kenosha Harper. Harbor. Harbor. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh no, no relation, I would assume. He sounds like a bear like <laughs> like a Packers season ticket holder though. So <laughs> Kenosha. Actually, you know what? Let's not let's not talk about Kenosha on this podcast. In fact, let's cut this. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting situation in uh, in Cincinnati. I would assume they're going to be running a little less. They've been throwing the ball more, and they kind of have like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are sort of possessiony guys. So I feel like you might see Jamar Chase seeing fewer targets, but that might be seesaw. What's the word? Well, what is the word? Balanced. I said seesawed to mean balanced. <laughs> balanced out by the fact that they're going to have a less potent rushing attack. So they might throw the ball more. So I, I feel like those wide receivers, I don't know if you're starting Tyler Boyd in a league with one flex slot, but it's interesting to see if uh, how that affects all three wide receivers on the Bengals. Well, it's interesting with Chase, because, you know, you mentioned that T and Boyd operate more as like kind of slack guys and like short passing guys. I still think Jamar Chase is kind of the primary deep threat guy. And Joe Burrow at times definitely likes to sling the ball around. So I think Jamar Chase might receive fewer targets. It's definitely possible unless the lack of running game just forces them to throw all the time. But I, I'm not too worried about his value because Jamar Chase tends to kind of get most of his points off of long touchdowns anyway, as opposed to just like catches. Mm. I think I agree with that. It tends to have more to do with the Bengals game script and whether they need more points or if they're trying to grind it out and use clock. I think still they will, you know, there's always a time when you want to try to stretch the field and make a big play. And they're, they're, he's just similar to Tyler Lockett, but perhaps with a little bit more of a floor. Yeah, agreed. He's just big. He's like a big guy and he can run a 15 yard out and compete and high point the ball in a way that Tyler Lockett can. He doesn't have to go and run outrun somebody necessarily to, to make a yeah. catch. But T Higgins is also a solid player. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. The Bengals did throw the ball more against Jacksonville in week four, even without T Higgins in the lineup. So now with more talent getting back into the fold and Mixon looking like he's going to miss week five. Yeah. I think you guys are both correct that this could be a pass heavy attack this week. In other injury news, Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas has been placed on IR and is going to be out four weeks with a hamstring injury. He got the notice for hamstring week just a little bit late. Mm. Yeah. It just makes Terry McLaurin even better. 
It's true. As a guy with Terry McLaurin in one of my other leagues, I'm feeling great about that. This is kind of a weird thing, but fantasy gets you in a weird place about injuries. It's definitely a bummer, but I also am like shamelessly into it in this circumstance. And so that that just makes the kind of slim pickings at tight end as well a little bit slimmer. I, I know that, you know, Dalton, Dalton Knox, Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox, right? Yes. The Buffalo Bills is Dawson Knox is the new hotness. But really, I mean, how many how many bankable tight ends are there right now that you would you'd be happy to play? It's Kelsey, it's Waller, and really Hawkinson has not been super consistent after the first two weeks. Gronkowski was looking been, very there's good. Been four weeks. Yes, but after the first two weeks when Hawkinson scored very well, he has not looked like very reliable option. He's mm-hmm. scored pretty poorly. Pitts is doing well. Or at least he's getting targets. Pitts is getting targets as as the current Kyle Pitts holder. He's got a high floor, but he hasn't really had an explosive game yet, in part because the Falcons are garbage. Jared Cook had a good game this past week. Yeah, it just might but- be that Justin Herbert's so good that Jared Cook becomes a playable guy on a week-to-week basis. Uh, like the, I mean, Dalton Schultz, the, the, the Eagles tight ends, it feels so bad. Like, how bad does it feel? owning either Eagles tight end and seeing that the, at best it's going to be 60, 40 target share. It's a total dark offense. throw. Philadelphia in general is such a stay away right now. The backfield, the tight end situation, Devonte Smith and Jalen Hurts are, are decent fantasy assets, but just about everybody else on the team is so hit or miss. Jalen Hurts current QB three. Yeah. He's, he's been running it and, and honestly throwing it, Better than I certainly expected. Mm. 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 Speaking of other tight ends, Bucks tight end Rob Gronkowski, he has fractured multiple ribs at this point. So he has an indefinite timeline to return. So that just makes the pickings even slimmer. Yeah. The Gronk thing, like whenever you have a punctured lung, I'm like, maybe don't play football. Right. Totally reasonable. Ever. See, but I would, would stop. See, but this this is the problem is that Gronk and Brady are operating on the same wavelength of I'm simply going to do this until I die, which is pretty hard to it's pretty hard to overcome that, you know, from an injury standpoint. Like if you just assume that Gronk is going to get hurt every year in some grievous manner and then come back for specifically the three games that matter for Gronkowski and he'll just keep doing that until his heart explodes like like a racehorse yeah like like so what do you do with that (laughs) yeah except he volunteers when Mm -hmm. he breaks his leg he's like shoot me yeah by the way can I say the USAA ad where Rob Gronkowski jokes about being quote-unquote special I'm out I don't think that that's so we've had some discussion about this. Do you are of the opinion that you're gleaning from that, that he is claiming to be intellectually disabled? He says it in a dumb guy voice. Mm. Now uh, he has a dumb guy voice. I think but nonetheless know, neck. I think this might be saying a lot more about you than it does about Rob Gronkowski. Wow. Wow. That is quite the claim. Why do you think? I am imputing meaning into this. Have you seen this ad? Yeah, the ad is one of the most annoying ads I've ever seen in my life. Only eclipsed by the current BMW X3 commercial. I don't know if you guys have seen this, 
where there's two parents that have gone out to a romantic dinner and are like giving Alexa commands in their car, like Alexa play with this playlist, whatever. And then they get home and they're about to kiss and their son sees them about to kiss from the living room in their home and they turn on the lights. So their son knows that they know that he is about to watch them kiss. And it's just so bizarre. Well, in order to embarrass him to be like, don't spy on us. Yeah. But like, why is he spying? I don't know. It's embarrassing to kiss someone or something. Maybe there's some some Freudian stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's fully like and also single worst child. uh, I mean, I, I know he's a listener. But single worst child acting performance I've ever seen in my life. This kid pretending to be startled when the lights turn on in his house. He's pretend <laughs> he starts his reaction to it before the lights are even on. Uh, well, you of all people, as a you know, as a veteran of Hollywood world, got to know that that's just clearly for the Chinese markets. Yeah, it's you know, you have to make a lot of changes for the Chinese market, and that's fine, and we all love it. Alexa, Alexa, get me hard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh just as i know we have and just by the way we we actually meant chinese taipei earlier <laughs> right of course yeah uh stephen lynn if you're listening please please don't <laughs> we're referring of course to chinese taipei <laughs> so broncos quarterback teddy bridgewater did not practice wednesday um. with concussion and will not start this weekend. It's going to be the Drew Locke show. Jerry Judy is slated for a mid to late October comeback. So perhaps there's still some talent on the horizon for the Broncos. But after their 3-0 and start, I don't know. How do we feel about that situation? Briefly? I'm thinking you're going to downgrade everybody on that roster right away. Yep. Uh, Drew Locke. Of course, my good friend, Devin, who actually did listen to about 15 minutes of this podcast before turning it off. Shout out to Devin. Um, Devin. King. (laughs) uh, He he is a big Broncos and Denver sports fan in general. And he's having a tough time right now because the Drew Locke experience, it's been a hard couple of years. He gave me some some thoughts on that. Sorry. so, so sorry, Devin. Yeah. So Cortland Sutton, uh, for example, I have uh, a league that has David Montgomery in it. Bears running back David Montgomery, who has a, uh, who's going to be out four to five weeks with a knee injury this from this past week. And an IR slot that I was spending on Jerry Judy, I've now just cut Jerry Judy and put David Montgomery in that slot. Damian Williams taking the carries from David Montgomery for now. Hello? Yeah, that was good. Again, we, we really, it's actually good. We enjoyed that a lot. Shout out to the Beatles. Great job there, Nick. <laughs> Welcome to Yesterday That's... 2. <laughs> We're Nick... Eleanor Rigby? Please. I haven't heard of it. We, this is the longest injury segment maybe in the history. People of are getting injured, time. my man. That's true. It's definitely got nothing to do with all the filler stuff that we added. <laughs> Seahawks running back Chris Carson did not practice on Wednesday and will be a game time decision on Thursday night for Seattle. So I, as the Chris Carson owner in this league, did go ahead and pick up Alex Collins, dropping Derek Carr. Turns out with a small bench, you have to have either a backup tight end or a backup QB or possibly neither. So instead of Phil Collins doing a drum fill. Alex Collins is filling in for Chris Carson. Yeah. 
That's my favorite. Alex Collins <laughs> just ran for 2.4 yards on second he and Fox. <laughs> so Trey Lance, he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo this weekend in San Francisco, and he looks like he will be the starting quarterback in that situation going forward. Trey Lance run? Trey run. Lance do run. Yeah. Also, Debo Samuel, good. Very yes. good. Well, Very I mean, good. it's good when, you know, if you can get an 80-yard touchdown on a blown coverage, it's pretty Got good. Got to do it. Uh, remember all that and all that good shit I was talking about, Brandon Ayuk being the thing that saved that trade, the the A.J. Brown trade. A.J. Brown active, by the way. Uh, I have I have just dropped Brandon Ayuk for LaVisca Chenault. Yikes. Rest in peace, Brandon Ayuk. Mm. Speaking of injury news that might be related to our teams, I did notice that Christian McCaffrey is potentially coming back. He's game time decision for this week, which would be huge for me. The Chubb Hub experience was fine, but Christian McCaffrey is decidedly better than the Chubb Hub, uh, has to be said. Undoubtedly. Congratulations to you. I hope he does come back. It's always more interesting when teams are healthy. I are you doing this has come to a close. And that's a direct question to everybody who gets hurt. I are you doing this? Or listens to this <laughs> or, or Or listens to this podcast. That's true. Uh, <laughs> we do have some short league news to get to. Uh, I'll start off with some very relevant and interesting league news, uh, which is that apparently the guy who they have successfully identified, I guess, as the Zodiac killer, who is dead, a uh, man by the name of Gary Post, was a Vikings fan. So... That's really important league news that we've got. Uh, so Vikings fandom, just... just who's, who's they? I, some group of detective gumshoe types that oh, like... So some guys. Yes, I think it's some guys. I think it's some guys with at least marginal law enforcement training, but uh, they appear Dog to have... the bounty hunter. <laughs> right. They appear to have identified this guy, Gary Post, as the Zodiac Killer. He died in 2018, and he was a Vikings fan. So Packers fans, uh, if you're listening, you now have another thing to use against Vikings fans, that uh, the Zodiac Killer was literally a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) His Ancestry.com said that he's a Vikings fan. They actually were able to make that. The key piece of evidence for that is he made his victims uh, run around in circles like Fran Tarkenton in the pocket. And that's tough. Mike Zimmer is not the Zodiac killer, just in case anybody was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. It was also because uh, he missed he missed kicks pretty much every time. It's a little little Vikings joke. Had some issues with their kicking. It's true. It's a little Vikings joke. We love a little deep cut Vikings humor here on It's Actually Good. Some other league news. So we've got to talk about specifically with our league, uh, a, a heavyweight matchup coming in this next week. The apparently unstoppable Coltrane is rolling along. Uh, he's 4-0. And we have a little the- drop for the Coltrane, a little, little audio drop. That's true. Yeah, we should have an audio drop from the Coltrane. Uh, the col- the Coltrane is chugga-chugga-chewing into this next week, seemingly unstoppable after beating a certain wife guy's wife in last week's competition. Uh, Going to turn it over to you fellas. Can anything derail the Coltrane? It may feel like the odds of stopping the Coltrane are insurmountable, but I'm here to tell you that it can be done. I was a hair's breadth away from yanking the emergency brake on the cold train and pitching it off the tracks, sending it cascading down into a 
oblivion. And yet here I am at a measly two and two, dignityless, thrown against the rocks. I'm mad. Anyway, it can be done, but Josh Allen does continue to look strong. But here's the thing. Kareem Hunt has been a top 10 running back and he's gotten a bunch of touches in the red zone that he's converted successfully. And I think he is in line for some regression. I think, I hope. So it's possible. It can be done. Take heart. He's a touch thin at the running back position as of now. Is what Tell I Tell us say. the rotation. He's looking at Saquon, who seems like he's back fully. Kareem Hunt. And then it's Leonard Fournette, Jamal Williams, and Trey Sermon. So if Kareem Hunt is not a guy that is going to be a consistent... Javante Williams. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I see a Jay Williams. I think it's got to be Jamal. That's my own problem. But I mean, that those are those are three guys that are in timeshares at best in their backfield. Mm-hmm. So he he has one bell cow and then four guys that are going to have, you know, weeks where they're not the number one back in their backfield. And obviously Kareem Hunt, you know, has a carved out role in a way that some of these dudes don't necessarily of being the third down back, catching passes, apparently getting some red zone work because they just want to run it in there because they don't trust Baker to throw. (laughs) But it's possible that you'll see some Kareem Hunt regression and then, you know, he doesn't, he starts to have a little bit less of a, of a stranglehold on this league. We'll see. God willing. We'll see. God willing. Uh, Maybe Chris Pine and Denzel Washington can come in and stop this fucking train. That's a shout out to that movie Unstoppable that came out God knows when to go. It's about Chris Pine and Denzel Washington trying to stop a train. Anyway. Is, it, is it like the movie that uh, I had a another train movie, um, Source Code? Mm-hmm. Yes. I had Gyllenhaal. Fun, uh, the Gyllenhaal Rebecca Ferguson, I believe, movie, where I had mm-hmm. a uh, giant meltdown <laughs> upon watching it. <laughs> in the parking lot. In the parking lot of the Burlington AMC 10. Because I didn't understand that movies didn't have to be good. <laughs> uh, and then, or that even bad movies can actually rule. I suppose that is true. But anyway. We, we do have some more stuff to talk about. Specifically, a new kind of mini segment we're introducing. The weekly report of the bottom ranked manager. So, uh, oh my God. This, this, this wouldn't be a good podcast about how it's actually good. This fantasy football league. Uh, unless we did some public shaming. So, Nick, you want to take it away for our public shame segment? Well, the victim of this public shaming is none other than myself, uh, the, oh, manager of, <laughs> the manager of heritable dysautonomia, which performed ignominiously this week, scoring only 74% of its projected point total, the lowest number in the league, and losing to Daniel's team, despite him putting up a paltry 100 points. I could not get anything from C.D. Lamb, who has put up back-to-back concerningly anemic performances, and my running back rotation is looking a weeds thin with Chris Carson having a neck injury, Mike Davis losing time to Corderell Patterson, and other concerning exigencies on the horizon. So that's where we are right now. Two and two, not too concerned, not feeling like I'm locked in a stockade with tomatoes coming at my face just yet. But I could see that. 
I could see that future. That concludes our weekly report, Bottom Ranked Manager. Thank you to Nick for introducing that segment and then making himself an object of public shame. It's worth mentioning that it is actually good, though. It is actually good. That's true. One more thing we should talk about before we take a little break. Waiver of the week. Any guys that you might want or are hyped on for the future. Will, I'm going to let you lead off the waiver of the week. Well, just moments ago, before we even uh, did this, I uh, assigned LaVisca Chenault, who, Mm. based on the uh, DJ Shark, is going to be out, I think, indefinitely, but probably for the year. They're throwing the ball in Jacksonville. They're going to be bad. And he is, you know, has had a kind of rough couple weeks, but he gets a ton of targets. He's going to only get more. And they throw the ball deep. They get lots of air yards. And he he had a really long catch just last week. So I feel like as a possible spot starter, I, I like having him on the bench. I know that um, Samaji Perrine was somebody that uh, a lot of people, a lot of people went for here just because of the volume that he's going to get as well. But, uh, but I'm a, I'm a Chenault Stan. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. We did forget to mention DJ Chark in the injury segment, but my waiver of the week who I did not claim because I have Travis Kelsey, but did pick up in other leagues, uh, actually prior to his big breakout performance against the Texans, is Dawson Knox, tight end for the Buffalo Bills, who we mentioned earlier is a hot commodity now. He scored in three straight weeks, and he looks fluid. And Josh Allen said today in a press conference that he really deeply trusts him on the field. Plus, he's getting a high percentage of the snaps and is not competing with anyone else at tight end the way that Dalton Schultz is, for example, in Dallas with Blake Jarwin. You do also have to mention Damian Williams, who is headed for a bigger role this week with David Montgomery out. He was claimed by, yes, once again, Wealthy Mike, who is... I just don't think he's that good. This is the thing. It, it, it's possible that Damian Williams is not that good, but he is going to get a lot of touches for a Bears offense that definitely needs run support. If there's one thing we've learned about the Bears, it's that their blocking is very suspect, so they're going to need to run the ball frequently. And it's a role for half of the remaining season. That's significant value, I think. That's entirely possible. Anyway, that concludes our lead news segment and waiver of the week. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back in with a special guest for the latest episode of It's Actually Good. Be right back. We ain't rough riders, but we ride rough, know what I'm saying? Get back from this motherfucker, roll with this motherfucker, stole from this motherfucker. Y'all know this motherfucker, know how to do it, and gonna get it, and got it. Playing the pivot like a tonic, in my body bionic, and my flow is bucolic. So I'm spitting and coughing, putting dudes in coffins, and it feels fucking awesome. Welcome back to It's Actually Good. We are joined by a special guest, another great guest this week. He is beige, cylindrical, under certain conditions of light. Friends call him Evan, but you probably know him better as his public persona. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the khaki two. Great to be here, folks. Yeah. Super appreciate you having me on. I really love the idea of you saying welcome back as if right before there was a me undies ad that would only be listened to by like five or six people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that the the interstitials are just going to be me saying things that Nick has to cut and him <laughs> and just him putting together an, a super cut of him saying, no, we're going to have to cut that and him getting madder and madder 
<laughs> each time because he is the one doing the work. It's very good to me, actually. <laughs> it is actually good. I agree. So Evan, you were just telling us off air a little bit about the fact that you're an adult now, which is shocking to anybody who knew, knew you in high school like we did. So Evan, can, or, can I am, I, or I am sure college. Yes, true. <laughs> so Evan, tell Literally us about any time in the past, for the first 25 years of my life, that should be a shock. It really has been a real quick uptick over the past <laughs> two years. And the big shout out to live friend of the pod. Long time listener. She's so you're just going to unilaterally call her a friend of the pod. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. You're a guest, my man. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, a, I'm not even a friend of the pod. But Liz, wow. Liz, I mean, it is true. She's a friend of the pod. I just, <laughs> you're getting out over your skis here, my guy. We're in desperate need of female audience. So <laughs> For, let's clarify female audience that doesn't actively hate the idea of this podcast speaking of that the advertisers are so worried about your demo spe- speaking <laughs> of that actually is really worried about the sexist I, I forgot to mention this on the on the last chunk of the pod another person who tuned into it's actually good very briefly my mom did oh, no. a, she did attempt to listen to this pod and found it completely unlistenable and turned it off after about <laughs> 30 seconds <laughs> i can't wait to bleep every one of those names <laughs> yeah yeah that's true please please do bleep out her name uh that would be great thank you um <laughs> So Evan, tell us about your adult life. Our last guest, Mike Wealthy, was talking about how he's a shameless part of the capitalist class, uh, and it appears you are too. Well, yes, I wanted to get out from under the thumb of the landlord succubi that live in the metro mass area. Succubi, um, so that doesn't I, sound that uh, bad. <laughs> um, so I have recently... Wait, where did you, wait, where did you live? I got to have to check this place out. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to head down to Alston, Mass, you will find some lovely succubi down there. But I recently have taken up in, uh, in my Jamaica Plain condo of my own ownership. Today we had our first homeowners association meeting, which um, I'm not sure if that if it's worse to be on a podcast where you talk about your fantasy football league or if you be, are in your own homeowners association meeting, which is the more bloviating Zoom meeting I've been in today. It is the dialectical synthesis together. <laughs> You've truly become the worst. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it really uh, fits both sides of the order there. So we discussed, you know, finding a new gardening company that can really do the hedges out front just right. It was a really good hour of my life well spent, of my one wild and crazy existence. Was your neighbor who is upstairs with the yippy dog present? She was at the meet. It was a uh, Zoom meeting. She is currently back in Puerto Rico taking care of her father with the yippee dog. So we're glad to have the yippee dog away from us for a little time longer. But man, when that thing is around, it does not like me or least name girlfriend. Yeah. And I remember the first action you took as a homeowner was uh, to antagonize one of your neighbors who asked you when your moving truck would be gone. And uh, I believe you had a snide comment. Yes. Today, uh, I'm lowering my voice now because I wonder how thick the ceilings are. Uh, today, we laid out, um, after the meeting, Liz and I, we laid out the chaotic neutral, uh, the alignment chart of the uh, <laughs> complex. That was our um, neutral evil neighbors. They are uh, a little pricklier than some of the others, but I think we have won over the majority. We are accepted by a quorum of the building and thus can 
walk freely through the halls as we please. Are you the youngest and sexiest people that live there? Certainly the youngest. Maybe not the sexiest. There's a, a lovely older couple, uh, one by the name of Sergio, who uh, speaks very little English, but a lot of Italian. And he's, uh, you know, he's an older man, but uh, I think Sergio still got it. Okay. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Evan says the sexiest person in the building is an older man named Sergio. Just whenever we're ready, I, uh, I have a message from the current undefeated and better Tarasini of the league for uh, the chat that he has imparted upon me to read to you all. Um, wow. A special additional bonus guest appearance <laughs> in absentia by the aforementioned Cole Train. Let's hear it. Wow. Happy Indigenous People's Day to the haters and losers of the fake news podcast. It's actually good. <laughs> I have the best draft in the league. Nobody has better picks than me. Many people are saying this, but they had me in the C tier for the draft. Sad. They should have spent as much time on their picks as I did. Also, Will Levenger <laughs> names his team wife guy, yet no one has seen his long-form marriage certificate, dot, 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 hashtag Arigate. That is uh, from Cole Turacini, my younger brother and current reigning first place league member of the It's Actually Good Fantasy League. Cole Turacini saying happy Indigenous Peoples Day to us a full five days early. Shows how, <laughs> shows just how socially aware he is. How will we keep up? Hmm. A socially aware heel. An interesting play. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, I suppose, you know, we'll have to, after that deranged rant, uh, we'll have to find a way to sneak the coal train onto the pod in a future episode. It'd be very uh, funny if we all had just pretended that, that we didn't know that that was like a Trump thing and we were all just, <laughs> just like, we were just completely b- dumbfounded by his diction and word choice. Uh, yeah, well, you know, alternate timeline, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, Nick, you had a question for our esteemed guest here. Do you want to you wanna jump into it? Sure, I'd love to. So Evan, yes, it's good that you actually brought up in your brother's letter the draft rankings, because as you'll recall, I placed your team, the Tallahassee Tubes, dead last in the rankings. And you took issue with that, I believe. Maybe got Mm -hmm. a little snippy with me on the group chat. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to, you know, follow up in this public forum, give you a chance to respond to a question. And I asked Michael Rich the same thing last week, but who do you think you are? <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for giving me the floor in the spirit of the marketplace of ideas. I really do think that we should value all viewpoints equally, uh, including your terrible one. I think my draft went quite well, wow. uh, despite me having the most points against of any player in the uh, league currently. I will say that when Nick asked me to be on the podcast on Monday morning, I was 27 points ahead of Mike Wealthy and I was ready to be two and two coming into this spot, baby. I was uh, so excited. That would put me in second place in the, in the G division. And then uh, unfortunately a thief of joy, one canker blossom by the name of Austin Eckler ripped away all of my hopes and dreams to come in looking a little victorious, but I still feel pretty good about my guys. I still got a couple things to figure out with my roster construction. Um, I'm on that tight end carousel, but hopefully Schultz put me over the the hump. Feeling pretty good. Evan, I am going to ask though, that you respond to Nick's question. Who do you think you are? Don't think we got a clear response there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Who do I think I am? 
don't know. I think I'm pretty cool. <laughs> but I also want to just bring something up. Is we caught a lot of flack from you for, for having mm-hmm. some skepticism about your pick of DeAndre Hopkins as, I don't know, Correct. the wide receiver three, I believe it was, in the draft. Mm-hmm. Now, we were of the opinion that you could have taken Stephon Diggs, DK Metcalf, uh, Chris Godwin, Justin Jefferson, somebody in that range. Um, those players, and and you defiantly said that you were happy with your choice. Those players are all currently Still outscoring in? DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins has one more target than AJ Green. He's part of a four-way split in targets. Pretty much the the most parity in targets of any team in the league. How do you, you know? I, uh, could, could I could I predict that his rib injury would hamper his play in this way? No, I absolutely could not. Definitely hasn't been playing 100 percent these past two weeks, but I still believe that the favored target of Kyler Murray, the highest scoring offense in the league right now, the high flying Arizona Cardinals, will come through for me. And maybe I will go down with that particular ship, but um, I still feel pretty good about having him at my wide receiver two position. Now that Corderell Patterson has taken over as my wide receiver one. Wow. Bold wow. words. Wide receiver one for the long term. I don't know. Sure. Of course. Well, I well, the great, appreciate your the, confidence the great, there. The great thing about Corderell is that because of this weird whack-ass sleeper app thing that we are playing in, he is eligible to be both wide receiver and running back. So I can put him wherever I want. But right now, he's one of the top scoring players in the game. Dropped 30 points last week on my bench, unfortunately, in this league, on my roster in the other league. I'm yeah, he just has to right stay, to the top. He just has to stay on uh, on pace for 23 receiving touchdowns, and he'll just keep performing that way. I don't see any problem. Get with a thir- with uh, <laughs> being on the field for a third of his team snaps. Going to happen, folks. Going to happen. Well, there's one more thing that we should talk about, and that's the Bucks pats game that was. We'd love to hear your take, Evan, on the Mac Jones performance, the Patriots team in general, and how you felt watching the game. Worth mentioning, um, Nick and I, just as a disclaimer, Nick and I both predicted a giant blowout in favor incorrect. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We were wrong, although we, we didn't anticipate the rain, for what it's worth. Yeah, I was actually probably in the same camp. I was definitely not thinking that the Pats had a chance at all and was like really super excited to see that we were even in the game. I was really impressed by the poise of Mac Jones. I think that some uh, blunders for the rest of the offense, including, uh, was it Bolden who who fumbled that lateral? uh, J.J. Taylor. Thank you, Taylor, who fumbled that lateral. And then his O-line dissolving around him like sugar and water. I think uh, without those two factors, I think Mac Jones could have been set up a little better to win that game. Um, I, I think, of course, the rainy weather was a big factor. But I'm very pleased with what I see so far in this young Pat squad. We've got a couple of easy teams to beat up coming up. Uh, I think this Houston game will be a real test of, like, Okay, pedal to the metal. What's Mac Jones got when there's an easy team that he can just dink and dunk all over, as we've seen him do so far? And uh, I think we've yet to see the full potential of this past team, which I believe will end up second in the AFC East, but will probably end up missing the wild card. That is my prediction at this point in time. Wow. I like that prediction. You know, it was funny. The run defense from Tampa was so good that they basically had no choice but to start throwing the ball on first and second down. 
and taking a more aggressive approach. And that actually ended up paying dividends. And I hope that they stick with that going forward because it seemed like a more dynamic offense for the Patriots. I believe that Damian Harris will be back with a vengeance in this next week. Going to run all over the Houston Texans. Well, that's true. I mean, the Texans D has been a bit of a conundrum. They were good in the early weeks of the year, but then they just got absolutely picked apart by the Bills. And they I, can I, I, can, I can shed some light on that. The Texans are pretty money for exactly two games at the beginning of the year and have been for some time now. <laughs> I think also they just haven't been able to keep the other team's defense on the field. You know, they, these their defense keeps getting out there after like horrible three and outs that we're seeing with them in the uh, post- God, why am I blanking on his name right now? Horrible. Tyrod, Davis guys. Mills. Yeah, in the in the in the Tyrod era, we're just seeing horrible, horrible offensive play, and I think it's trickling down to the defense. Potentially astute. Um, big Texans hater here, and I, I'm totally fine with that narrative, and uh, happy to keep pushing it on this podcast. So uh, Evan is our special guest for the week, and as such, uh, we have a brand new segment that we have tailored to our special guest interests. Evan, are you ready? For the following segment, which I will describe in a moment. How are you feeling? Just knowing Oh, that. I'm feeling great. All right. So um, Evan, as you know, hum- humble listener, if you're uh, part of our fan base, which is uh, made up of mostly our friends from high school, some of you might know that Ed- Evan is a thespian by trade. Uh, Evan likes to act in various things, uh, and he also likes to direct them, and is just generally heavily involved in the theater and theatrical arts. And uh, so we thought that we would take a new game segment that gets up to the crossover of acting and the NFL. So without further ado, it's time to introduce this week's game of the week, NFL player movie and TV cameo quiz. Really, really catchy. Oh no. Oh yeah. So how this works, it's going to be similar to the last game segment that we did. Uh, First to five points wins automatically. Most questions are going to be worth one point. Just get the correct answer and you get one point. Some questions will be worth more than one point. If nobody gets to five points, then everybody loses because you all suck. Um, Or we pick the highest score, whatever works. I'm going to be the host for this round and per our last style of game, maybe we'll mix this up in the future, maybe we won't, but... We are going to do the buzz-in name system, so I'm going to ask that you all unmute your mics and then just yell uh, your name, and I will pick whoever I heard first when you feel you have an answer. In a a, uh, format that is definitely not stolen from any other podcasts. Definitely not. Why would that ever happen? Anyway, fellas, Nick, Will, Evan, are we feeling ready to participate? Hell yes. Ready to go. Love it. All right. So we're going to start off with a softball here. In this Jim Carrey comedy, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, features well, a, didn't even finish the question, star turn performance by well, the following. I'm going to read the question and then call on you. Fucking relax. Jesus. <laughs> well. Um, but it features... A star turn performance by a former Miami Dolphins quarterback and Hall of Fame player. Who is Nick. this player? It's Will, because I guess he's a maniac and just yelled this in a panic stress response. We'll go with I, you, Will. Who, who is this? Well, that would be Dan Marino. Well done. Will, you get one point. Congratulations. And, and I panicked because Nick was right on my heels. All right. Well, Are there you? you have it, folks. Are we ready then for question two? Let's do it. 
this next NFL figure is actually featured in a uh, featured as a lawyer in Adam Sandler's movie That's My Boy. The lawyer is obsessed with the New England Patriots, and he is played by this Patriots rival. Who is this person? Evan. Evan. Is it Rex Ryan? It is Rex Ryan. Well done, Evan. Wow. So he's on the board. One point for Evan. One point for Will. Excellent work to you both. This is bullshit. All right. This next film we're going to go with is a classic comedy made by Ben Stiller, among others. Uh, and it features another Hall of Fame Nick. quarterback. Nick, you think you know who this Hall of Fame quarterback is in this classic Ben Stiller comedy? Wait. Fuck. No. I don't. Keep going. <laughs> he has given up his choice. He has now given he up is his now, guess. He's now given up his guess. Pats. Uh, classic Ben Stiller comedy featuring the following Hall of Fame quarterback. Quarterback, you said? May we have a hint? Give us a hint. Sure. Give me one second. This movie features a scene that is pretty memorable. It involves hair gel, involves uh, Matt Dillon's dentures. Matt Dillon is also in this movie. Oh, Nick. Nick. Well, I'm going to give his guess. I'm going to give up the floor to somebody else. Uh, so, <laughs> are we identifying the movie or the quarterback? We're identifying the quarterback. No, I think you should give it to Nick. It's, we've taken long enough. We, we gave it up when we had to him. Give it to Nick. Fine. Fair enough. Nick, go. So, the movie is There's Something About Mary, and the quarterback is Brett Favre. Well done, oh. Nick. Excellent work. So, I poorly phrased that question to only be worth one point when it probably should have been worth two because I asked you, I didn't identify the movie. That being said, we're going to give you one point because that's more compelling drama. Good stuff, Nick. Well done. A tie game, Nick, Will, Evan, all carrying one point. All right. This question, I am actually going to name the NFL player in the question, and you are going to have to guess the character that they play. Character. This character, the character. So this former NFL player, not a superstar, but he did play in the league for a brief period of time, took a star turn in the film industry as the rival of one Italian stallion in a boxing movie that a lot of people know. Evan, who did Carl, what did? Oh, sorry. Well, you, you, you guessed before I finished the question. So I think you're going to. I think you're going to have to forfeit that. I'm sorry. Well, is it Dolph Lund- who is Dolph Lundgren? It's not Dolph Lundgren. I is- was going to name the actor and you were going to guess the character, but you jumped the gun. Will. 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 Uh, Will, are you also going to jump the gun before I have a chance to name the actor? You also. Well, you said that? Carl Weathers. I did say it is Carl Weathers. And the who- character is Apollo Creed. The character is Apollo Creed. What? Well done. Should Apollo Creed. The gun. Why does Dolph Lundgren play in the NFL? I don't know. Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers, he did play two seasons for the Oakland Raiders as a linebacker. That's kind of a deep. I didn't know that. Pull. That's very cool. Yeah. Carl Weathers yeah. fucking rocks. Go figure. Oh, very cool. All right, we're gonna have a two-point question here, where I am going to ask you to name both the player and the film. Are we okay. ready? So okay. wow. This recent NFL player is a famous middle linebacker who at one point 
won, he won a Super Bowl and he has notably large biceps. And he was in a film that featured a number of different singing instances and musical things. And uh, he did an entertaining rendition of the song Bootylicious. Well, who is this player and this film? We'll take it away. Going to say Ray Lewis in Sing. That is incorrect. It is neither Ray Lewis nor Sing. And that would be quite a turn. But uh, no. Is this a live action film? It is a live action film. Uh, Nick, you got this. Rob Gronkowski in Pitch Perfect 3. Uh, it is not Rob Gronkowski and it is not Pitch Perfect 3. I did Damn. mention, of course, that this was a linebacker. So does not fit the qualification. Yeah. Evan. Evan. <laughs> I'm going to say. J.J. Watt appeared in singing. Oh. Also, not a linebacker. <laughs> what? Not a linebacker. Singing not street? a middle linebacker. I don't know. Uh, uh, what was the movie you named him? Singing Street? No. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's a British punk movie. It's not I'm that. I'm throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks on, man. You don't um, know. Let's see. So, Nick, you were actually technically the closest. Uh, oh, yeah. It is a Pitch Perfect sequel. It was Pitch Perfect 2. What? And the middle oh. linebacker in question is none other than Clay Matthews. For that is, he's Matthews. an outside linebacker. God. Is he an outside linebacker? I thought he played middle as well. Yeah, he's an edge rusher. Oh, wow. Throw out the question. Well, nobody got it anyways. <laughs> yeah, because you said out you said middle linebacker. What you were gonna you were gonna guess Clay Matthews. Absolutely I would have I've watched Pitch Perfect too. I've got a so... girlfriend who's now my wife. <laughs> All right. We'll scrap that. Sounds like sounds like I get a point for Pitch Perfect. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I we're gonna scrap that question. That's fine. We will now make it so that it's only four points that you have to win. I only have two more questions. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, it's possible that nobody will win. We'll see. Speaking of linebackers, another two-point question. Guess the film and the player. This linebacker is considered to be one of the all-time greats. And he's an incredible defensive player who starred in this Al Pacino and Dennis Quaid movie along with Jamie Foxx. Wow. Oh, man. Can we get a year of release? Hold on one second. Again, this is Al Pacino featured in this movie, along with Jamie Foxx and Dennis Quaid. Are we guessing the movie? And you are guessing the... the movie and the player. The movie was released in 1999. Will? Take it away. I only know the player, or I only can guess the player, really. And it's uh, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor is correct. That's one point wow. for Will. Can anybody jump Can in I and guess steal the movie? movie? Steal the movie. If it's Lawrence Taylor, it's gotta be every, any given Sunday. It is in fact oh, any I'm given a Sunday. Fucking idiot. So Will and Evan split that question to powerful brands. Wind up at two points apiece because of the flub. I think I'm at three, my guy. Are you at three? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Three. So I got Marino. And then you got another one. The um, funny thing about you being at no, three right. is that this question is actually a sudden death. This is a sudden death. That's true. <laughs> okay, so whoever is... gets this just wins. So I guess right. This is the last question. Will is at three. You need four to win. Evan, Nick, of course, if you get this question 
completely right. You can win. Um, no, 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 no. Are- this is worth. Uh, Nick is saying this one is actually worth fifteen points. Uh, that's yeah. that's also possible. We we do have to consider the multiplier. You're right. There is a multiplier effect. So that's right. In this case, we are actually going to shift to the uh, not the silver screen, but the smaller screen television world. And we are. I'm going to name the show. You are going to have to guess the players who were featured on this show. It's a pretty popular show. It's been it got a lot of success on HBO, among other things. It features oh, no. all sorts of uh, fun Boston-based anecdotes. Uh, it is Entourage. Who were the four NFL players who were listed on Entourage? Will. Been on Entourage. Will. Tom Brady has been on Entourage. Correct. That's you can I keep going. That's one point, which means you technically won, but go for it. <laughs> I already won. <laughs> um, Do you know more? Yeah, Nick and Evan have a chance to tie this if you can't get the other three. Was uh, so they have a chance to get the other three. Yes, the uh, that was the only one I knew. So it's, um, it's Michael course, Strahan. Michael Strahan is not on Entourage. So Will, you do not. You have you have forfeited your chance to get the clean sweep on all three. You have four points. Nick and Evan, you can tie by getting all three of the remaining players correct. Uh, they're all all NFL players, right? All NFL players, yes. Will you give us any hints, positions? Evan. Evan. Uh, Peyton Manning. No, Peyton Manning is not somebody who featured on Entourage. Nick, it's down to you. You can tie this or Will will run away with it. I think Nick should get one hint. You get one hint. All right. I, I can give you a hint that will help at least somewhat. Okay. All of these players were in the 2015 Super Bowl. Wow. I believe that was Patriots Seahawks. Richard Sherman. No, Richard Sherman is not featured on Entourage. The remaining three players were Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Russell Wilson. So that makes wow. Will our winner of the segment NFL player movie and TV cameos. Will, do you have anything you'd like to say in your victory? Uh, this is the single greatest moment of my life. <laughs> Why and are you so, crying? And I'm so happy I got to share it with the three of you. I can't think of any more momentous occasions that I've shared with you <laughs> over the Just last take couple a, months. Take a breath. Your chest is heaving. I know, right? <laughs> And sit down. Yeah, pacing around. Would the you room. mind if for fun? I was hoping you'd bring a certain question up, Alex. Do you mind if I just pose a super bonus question? Pose the bonus question. You do it. Name the Super Bowl winning quarterback to appear on the Brady Bunch. Will. Will. That'd be Joe Namath. That is correct. That was my Joe guess. Namath. That was that's my guess. That's, <laughs> that's the only one I knew. Yeah, I've uh, seen dude. that episode actually. Did he awkwardly grope and or try to kiss the mom from the Brady Bunch? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I mean, whom's among us? Mm. Anyway, uh, thank you to all our participants for playing Evan and Nick on that really delightful segment that I'm sure everybody in the audience just loved. Will, congratulations, <laughs> our winner. So uh, Let's move on from that, that segment that we never need to think about again. Week four reactions, as we like to do every week, the hottest take of the week. Nick, 
you have got a spicy take that you want to drop in, shall we? Yes. Well, Naheem Hines was my hot take of the week prior, and he promptly fumbled on a kick return and got three touches and scored negative points for me. So that didn't go amazing. (laughs) But my take for this week is that Derek Carr is being buried prematurely. The Chargers have an excellent defense. And he really just had one half where he didn't do an amazing job. But then they came back and they actually won the second half against a team that I think is going to challenge for the title of the AFC West and possibly uh, challenge to come out of the AFC this year in the Chargers. So Derek Carr, not dead, worth picking up, although I had to drop him this week, worth picking up in general, still the passing yards leader through four weeks. All right. A nice hot take. Derek Carr, not as dead as David Carr, certainly. Thanks for that, Nick. I will jump in with, so my previous hottest take of the week, judgment is still out on that one. Uh, Obviously, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both did not play in the Titans. Absolutely dispiriting loss to the New York Jets, which I am definitely taking reasonably well and not drinking multiple gin and tonics a day about. But obviously it remains to be seen whether Julio will ultimately overtake AJ as the number one receiver in the Titans offense. But I do have another take that's related to somebody on the other side of the football. Uh, And so a thing that we kind of didn't address in the news segment, and that maybe we should address now, is that the Patriots uh, were not able to come to terms with one Stefan Gilmore, their star cornerback, who is considered to be one of the best defensive backs in the NFL, subsequently trading him to the Carolina Panthers for a 2023 pick. I believe it's a third round pick. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is a sixth round pick. Sixth round pick. Okay. So that's not (laughs) safe. And I have to say, I thought that that move was quite surprising. Uh, I think Gilmore is a pretty good player by all accounts. And I get that he wanted to get paid. But this seemed like an offseason where we're coming off of where the Patriots were throwing cash at just about everybody to try and get some talent and really win, which has me wondering if priorities have changed a little bit in New England. And so my spicy hot take of the week is that I am wondering if New England is looking at their team and thinking about whether this is the year to go all in and try and win games, or whether they are going to start slowly but surely engaging in a mini tank for the rest of the season. I disagree because this deal, this happened because they were trying to clear enough cap space to sign Jamie Collins. Mm -hmm. And because they think that Gilmore is not going to be back, he's hurt, he won't be back for a long enough time, but they're like, we need to salvage this season and win some games. So we need to sign Jamie Collins. We need to do what we need to do to get the, I don't think they anticipated getting Gilmore on a long-term deal, having the to the numbers they wanted. And so they were like, we're going to drop him. We're going to sign Jamie Collins, which will probably happen tomorrow. And we're going to, you know, take a crack at this because other than the, because like, frankly, the AFC doesn't look that good this year. I think they could get into the playoffs, even starting one and three. So I don't think it is a tank. I think that if they lose to Houston, it'll turn into a tank. But this is not this is not necessarily a move that I think indicates that they are not trying to win. Any other hot takes 
Yeah, um, my hot take is going to be another quarterback that I think has been prematurely buried a little bit. I think that we are going to see a big turnaround for Baker Mayfield coming up in the middle of the season. I think people are talking a lot about his slow start and how it's going to affect contract stuff, but I really do think that the defense on the Browns right now is enough to keep them competitive while he figures his shit out, and I see the Browns coming out at the top of the the AFC North. Yeah, the Browns have looked great. They've been running the ball like crazy. So I do agree with you that I think Baker will get a few more touchdown passes in there. And you can probably pencil him in for two a game as opposed to the one or fewer that he's gotten thus far. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch the way that they've been balancing carries between Hunt and Chubb these past couple of days and really leaning on Hunt more and more around the end zone, which I think is the right choice. I think when I see Hunt, just the bit like – the bigger, if not, I don't know how tall they are or how much they weigh, but he looks bigger on the field as he breaks those tackles. He might not be as fast or explosive as Chubb, but I think he's got more heft behind his run. Will, any hot take for the week? So my hot take of the week is that I'm just taking a look at at our rankings here for the league, who has the highest stats in the league right now. And it's showing me that Austin Eckler is the RB2 right now. Tell me about it. I think that that is going to stay the case. I think Austin Eckler will remain an RB, a top three running back for the remainder of this season. It's the, the Chargers are good. Their defense is good. He's going to get positive game scripts, and even in negative game scripts, he gets the ball thrown to him. They know how to run the offense. It seems like they've got a – Anthony Lynn is a good offensive coordinator, and frankly, I don't – see and and this hasn't this production hasn't been super super touchdown dependent either he's sort of like aaron jones without the aj dillon competition at this point because roundtree and justin jackson are really nothing to speak of in terms of carry vultures goal line work yeah and he gets you know i mean four touchdowns in four weeks you might not maintain that pace but who would but you look at, you know, Zeke, who's Zeke is like the RB3. First of all, Cordero Patterson is the RB3. Then then it goes. Don't Zeke. I know it. <laughs> yeah, right. Then it goes Zeke, <laughs> Aaron Jones, Najee, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, who's hurt, DeAndre Swift, who's hurt, Nick Chubb. Like these are all guys that are in timeshares. And I just don't see anyone, uh, any one of these dudes coming and, uh, t- and eating his lunch. This is why I was high on Nixon for the volume, but uh, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's got what? tremendous volume. Yeah, we, 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 were, but, we were wrong about fading Derrick Henry. That's right. So wrong. I tried to While I have the brain trust collected here, or while you have me collected, I'm a guest on this podcast, but I do have a question <laughs> for you guys, just like if we have any time left on the, the pod. Yeah. With all the Urban Meyer stuff swirling, Ooh. and perhaps this was talked on before I was on the air, how many games do you see the Jaguars winning this season? That's my question. Yeah, so I, I have a thought on this. I actually know exactly. Just in case any any listeners, uh, any all uh, zero of you haven't heard, uh, Urban <laughs> Meyer was grinding up on trying uh, some girl in his own restaurant. Uh, his own restaurant. Wait, that. what was the ESPN verbiage? The ESPN verbiage was uh, he was a woman was dancing close to his lap. That's so funny. That's very funny. <laughs> But they also they also had to add he appeared to be touching her bottom because there is, a, there is another angle at which he is attempting to 
stuff like three fingers up her ass through her jeans. Oh um, my god. I'm picturing a, like a weather reporter. Yeah. <laughs> at a um, again, at his own restaurant where That's there is just... there are pictures oh, of him man. and his wife on the wall. There is a drink named after his wife. He's immediately goes to run food. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh interesting times for Urban Meyer. No, um, it's it's a very strange situation. Uh it's weird. I I, I don't know. I mean Urban Meyer is just a gross old man. And it's true, you know, in theory, this should have really big issues uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know exactly how many games the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this year. I have it already mapped out. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go one and 16. They're going to win one game this year. Not only that, I know exactly what game they are going to win. Oh, no. You heard it here first, first, folks. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to fire Urban Meyer shortly after the Jaguars lose 58-0 to to the Rams. And they are subsequently <laughs> going to get their only win of the season next week. They're going to get the new coach bump and they're going to beat my beloved Tennessee Titans. I know it in my bones. The Jags are going to get their only win this year against the Titans, who are still going to win the AFC South, by the way, at, uh, at seven and ten. But, that's this week, my man. No, that's no. I'm, I'm talking about the second game that the Titans play the Jaguars. The Titans are going to beat the Jaguars this week, but in their second matchup post Urban Meyer's firing, the Jaguars are going to take that that new coach bump and they're going to jam it right up my beloved Titans butthole. They are going to much like urban Meyer right through the jeans. <laughs> there you go. And so, and, and that's how that's going to go. Again, my Titans are going to win the AFC South. They're going to be seven and 10, but that is going to happen. I think they win a few games. Just they almost beat the, they almost beat the Bengals. They'll be fine. I think that this is, I think that they'll think this is funny. I think it's going to add to the locker room camaraderie. Once he's they, fired, they no, no, no. I, they already didn't respect him before, you know. <laughs> so they're gonna like rally around not respecting him. They're gonna be like, "This is hilarious. Let's go win a football game." I think for that the makes bit. Sense if you, I, I think that makes sense if your quarterback is not a rookie with the weight and responsibility of the number one pick on his shoulders. Good, he um, did good last week, man. I think he's gonna be. I think he will be good. I just think that right now this is not the best situation to be a young twenty-something. I say as a twenty-seven-year-old person coming into this league and trying to figure out your identity and figure out what it means to play against NFL defenses. It'd be like being twenty-seven, going to a homeowners association meeting <laughs> or something, trying to I'm not stare at the sophisticated snow. Italian man. <laughs> I was, I was going up against some real sophisticated veterans. Uh, it is true. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we, we made an impact. So I'm <laughs> the speed of the at game the at, the, at the homeowners association meetings, it really takes a while to be used to. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to see that Zoom meeting believe. slow down. <laughs> so I took a look at the Jaguar schedule, and they have multiple dates with the call rep. They've also got a game against the Texans and a game against the Jets. So I think conservatively, two games. If you gave me an over-under of two or of two and a half, I would, I would take the under on two and a half, I think. But it would be close because I could, also, I could see them winning three games. But I'm going to say two. All right. 
that concludes our Jags talk segment. Hopefully we <laughs> never have to speak of them again. Um, uh, speaking of, let's let's wrap up with our week five preview and then our fantasy game of the week. So uh, a couple of interesting matchups that we've got heading into this week. Uh, Nick, you want to take it away with your game that you're looking at? Well, I identified a few candidates for the game of the week. We've got the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals, who are the last undefeated team in the NFL. We've also got a clash between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, who are two teams that have, well, KC has struggled, but has incredible depth and talent. And Buffalo has beaten up on some mediocre competition. This will really be a referendum, perhaps, on which of those teams is the most serious contender between them. And then you've got Chargers against Browns as the final matchup. So I don't know. To me, I'm most interested in Kansas City versus Buffalo. But you tell me what you guys think. The only other game that I would personally add to that list, looking at the slate now, is uh, we do have to take a look at the game tomorrow, Thursday night game. Rams versus Seahawks. Obviously, mm. Thursday night games are always wonky, but NFC West heavyweight matchup, the other side of the NFC West. The Seahawks have been a little inconsistent this year, but at their best, they can still do some damage as long as Russell Wilson is running the show. Rams have been one of the best teams in football, uh, so I'm looking forward to that one as well. I personally have been very interested in this Bengals-Packers game coming up. I think there's still a lot of question marks surrounding uh, the Rodgers situation that they've been trying very hard to put to bed. I think that the surgence of Burrow and, and uh, Mixon has been a very interesting plot line and a, a dark horse coming through in the AFC North. I think that, I mean, the easy answer, of course, Buffalo KC is going to be truly a dogfight for the ages. But I think Packers-Bengals is like, if I got to put on one of those 1 p.m. games, it's definitely Packers-Bengals. I like that. That's a good call. Yeah, I was going to say Packers-Bengals as well. Interested. It's a generational quarterback thing, right? I'm interested in seeing if Joe Burrow can uh, can sling it with the best of them. Me too. I'm probably going to start him this week. Oh, no. Well, I actually don't hate that because the Packers have uh, one of the worst active cornerbacks in Kevin King. So that, that could be interesting. Jair Alexander also may not play. Yeah, we'll see. Packers secondary is a little thin. Anyway, in addition to uh, real NFL games, we also have some interesting fantasy football matchups in our league that we're going to do a quick preview on. Uh, we discussed earlier in the pod of the Cole train, the unstoppable reign of the Cole train. Um, Cole will be going up against the two and two Daniel, uh, who has had some respectable outings, but has been close in every game. I think that's one to look forward to. I'm curious, what do you guys have as your fantasy matchup of the week? For me, it's got to be Blood Feud 3, Will versus Michael. Uh, a classic. <laughs> the, the, one, the one matchup that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, watch. Um, Michael has a tendency to have his players absolutely go off against me, and he's got Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara. So feeling he'll be splitting about 75 points between those two as he cruises to victory. I think uh, I think we got to do the the it's actually good match of the week which is going to be Tube v Neck. That's true. Our special guest is going to be uh, going up against our host Neck Moron here. How are we feeling heading into that, fellas? I'm, I'm super pumped interested up. 
in the Atlanta running back matchup here. He's starting Mike Davis. I'm starting Corderell, who I'm just going to keep riding that horse as long as I can. Um, we're going to be up more. at 9.30 a.m. Uh, watching some very disappointed London fans watch two of the worst teams in football go head-to-head. Um, <laughs> A, a truly unwatchable matchup that is going to decide the outcome of this game. <laughs> Evan, you also stole my quarterback, True. Aaron Rodgers, and I have Devontae Adams, so we'll see how oh, that goes no. as well. That's true. There's a pre-existing bad blood between these two, obviously. Nick, of course, went scorched earth on Evan at the draft. Evan, now you have a chance to redeem yourself. What are you looking for to complete your redemption arc and defeat Nick? Um, if I'm coming through this game, I think it's going to be a big Hopkins game because mm. God knows while Kyler Murray's going off against Will, he's got to be throwing it to somebody, baby. It's going to be three count <laughs> one, two, three. Wow. DeAndre Hopkins wow. touchdowns this upcoming week, baby. Where for people eating some words, I'd have you eaten crow, but you'll be eating cardinal, baby. And for those of you that aren't on this call yeah, right I'm now, uh, <laughs> he, he very cleverly, as he counted off the one, two, three, revealed his middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, Evan just hit you with a barrage of predictions that he thinks he's going to roll away with this. What are you thinking about as you're heading into this matchup? What do you need from your guys and what do you think is going to happen? My running back situation is quite dire with Chris Carson potentially missing the game. but. I need Travis Kelsey more than anything to return to form. I'm going to be watching that Bills game with rapt attention, Bills Chiefs game, to see if that turns into a shootout or a defensive struggle. I actually think you're going to be okay, given that Latavius, I mean, you should be starting Latavius, honestly. He's the, he's the lead back against a bad team. Yeah, I'm probably going to do that rather than Mike Davis. Will, I'm interested to hear, who do you think is coming away the winner in this matchup? Well, I think I got it, baby. I um, look, I would like it to be Evan because there are leagues where I'm starting Daryl Henderson and Cordero Patterson as well. But I'm having a hard time getting away from I think Nick has, you know, much better, just a much better tight end situation and all other things being equal. It's going to look uh, it's going to look close. And then I think as uh, Kelsey, Kelsey pulls away gets into the high teens and points it's gonna it's gonna look like he's uh, taking it that's my take on it one thing to consider i think in this matchup is who is aaron Rodgers going to be throwing touchdowns to because if he's going to be throwing touchdowns to Devonte adams that could spell trouble for our tube friend here uh another guy another guy to look at uh as an x factor is a guy that i have in one of my other leagues Debo samuel who's been on tear lately and that could uh tip the scales in favor of Nick. I think it's going to be close as well. I'm also potentially leaning slightly Nick in this one, uh, and more so than anything, because I just really hate the vibes coming out of the Minnesota area right now with the fact that the noted serial killer, the Zodiac killer, is a Vikings fan, or rather was a Vikings fan. <laughs> uh, that's just, That spells all sorts of trouble for me. So I'm taking Nick's team. No offense to you, our guest, Evan, but maybe we'll be eating Cardinal next week and apologizing on air. <laughs> All right, that concludes this episode of It's Actually Good, a podcast that you really shouldn't be listening to unless you're part of our niche fantasy league. Fellas, anything to plug before we go? I'll start with you, Evan. 
Yeah, Shifty Shakespeare uh, running at the Rockwell in Davis Square, 7 p.m. Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday nights until December 4th. It's the best comedy that uh, 30 bucks can buy you at this point in the year. Come out and support some live theater. We're having a good time. Uh, I'll just jump in and say all three of the hosts of this podcast have been to Shitface Shakespeare. We've seen Evan in the production before. It's a delightful time. Oh, it's uh, a real great time. He gets absolutely a lot of fun. sloppy and then tries to act the whole time. Uh, maybe somebody else will get sloppy, but regardless, it's a blast. So please go and see that if you're interested in watching drunk people stumble over their lines, which is always a good time. Will, Nick, anything to plug? So I do I do a little podcast with some of my friends that are in a fantasy league. It's called It's Actually Good. Uh, you can listen to that wherever uh, you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, follow at Actually Good Pod, pod with a zero, for podcast updates and links to the show. Somebody took Actually Good Pod with a O. That's right. Oof. <laughs> oh. But it's okay because it's actually good. It's um, actually good. Yeah, uh, I will do now my plug. If you like the music that you're about to hear, check out Divine Sweater on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever else you listen to music. We just did a song with our, our lead singer, Megan Kelleher, featuring on a track by the Crystal Casino Band, who we just played a gig in D.C. with. It's on our Spotify page now. Go check it out. It's really good. Much more coming in the next few weeks, months, et cetera there. And then if you also like hearing my voice on a podcast, I do another podcast called the Celtics Lab podcast where we talk about Celtics. Uh, This past week, we interviewed Celtics media guy, Chris Forsberg. It was a really fun time. And we learned some secrets about Chris Forsberg's hair and about uh, his secret burner accounts. So if you're interested in Chris Forsberg's life and all the stuff going on in Celtics media world, please check out the Celtics Lab podcast. Once again, thank you to our special guest of the week, otherwise known as the khaki tube uh please go see shitface shakespeare and other than that thanks very much for coming on evan really appreciate it and we'll see you next week on it's actually thanks for having me guys it's been a pleasure a lot of fun thanks buddy it's actually good of the sp-